You may be seated as we uh, have our scripture focus found in the book of 1 John chapter 4. Verses 1 through 6. Dear friends, do not believe in every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false spirits have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God, and whoever knows God's listens to us, but whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Good morning, everyone. Peace be with you from the one who is the eternal truth, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, today we're going to be looking at truth and lies, and that reading which we just heard from 1 John. Uh, and truth and lies are, are, uh, are all around us, right? We know that there are lots of sources of, of both that, that surround us every day and vie for our attention. And so it's important for us to be able to distinguish between the two, to be able to distinguish truth from lies. Um, I'm going to ask you a question for your own sake. I'm going to ask you to not answer out loud, all right? Don't raise your hand, don't nod your head, don't smile broadly, just act like Lutherans, all right? So sit still with no emotion. Um, that's, that's the best joke I got today, so thanks for laughing, yeah. Um, here's the question. Remember, don't answer it out loud. Are you gullible? All right, the reason you don't want to answer that question out loud is, first of all, don't admit it. Second of all, if you do admit it, the people who are around you are probably going to try to take advantage of it. Right? I know for a fact when we were, um, and, and this is all just in good fun, don't worry about the person that I'm going to tell you about. When, when, when I was in high school youth group in my church, small church, um, there was one girl in particular who was so gullible. And so we just kind of took it as a personal mission to always see what we could, we could get her to believe. We were coming back from a youth ski trip, uh, skiing up in Vermont, coming back from a youth ski trip. We stopped at McDonald's, and we convinced her that the mirror in the bathroom of McDonald's was two-way. And so she should go in there and smile and wave and make faces at the person behind the mirror. And she did it. And somewhere there are actually pictures. Remember when we used to develop pictures? We, there are some more pictures of her doing this because other girls went in and took pictures of her doing it. We convinced her that you could drive to Hawaii by taking the tunnel. For those of you that don't know why that's funny, Hawaii is 2,400 miles away from San Francisco. For those of you that still don't know why, you fit the category, all right? <laughs> just, just saying. And, and just so you know, again, I, like I said to you before, just so you don't feel too bad for her, she's an incredibly smart person. In fact, graduated with a master's degree from Columbia University. But, but with all that intelligence, still was gullible. So what about you? You might be an incredibly intelligent person and yet still prone to lie, still prone to being deceived. And distinguishing truth from lies, especially spiritual truth from spiritual lies, it can sometimes seem daunting or difficult. And we are susceptible to lies as human beings. And if we weren't, the Bible wouldn't warn us about it. But it does. In fact, in our reading today from 1 John, the Apostle John, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, warns us to be able to discern false 
from true, to be able to discern lies from fact. And he tells us that we can do certain things to understand this and to learn it better. We can do certain things to call these lies out, to identify what they are, so that we can be protected and led in the way of truth, so that we won't be so gullible. He starts off by identifying this spirit of deception that's in the world. He tells us that there are lots of false prophets. Now, these false prophets are seeking in all turns to mislead us and to lead us into lies. Now, first of all, what's a prophet? A prophet is one who speaks to people on behalf of God, right? So name your favorite Old Testament prophet. This is the part where you participate. This is you, I won't, uh, no one will ridicule for you for this. Fair. All right, Jeremiah. Isaiah. Anyone for Daniel, right? You, okay, you got it? There you go, Daniel, right? Jacob, yeah, excellent. So you know Old Testament prophets, right? Speak to people on behalf of God. Quick trick question for you. Who do we usually consider to be the last of the Old Testament prophets? This is a tricky one. Right, John the Baptist. And it's a trick because John the Baptist, of course, isn't in the Old Testament. He's in the New Testament. But he's the last of the Old Testament prophets who pointed to the coming Jesus. So a false prophet is one who behaves like a true prophet, one who looks and acts like a true prophet, but is speaking falsehood. It's one who claims to speak to people on behalf of God. But their true source of authority is themselves. And their true end is to puff themselves up, to win for themselves a group of people who will gather around them. But their truth, what they're speaking to people, is actually no truth at all, but instead it's deceptive lies to try to lead people astray, to try to, to, try to lead people down a different path. Again, look at what John says. John says, dear friends, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. There are many of these false prophets. And then he goes on in verse 5. They are from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world, and the world listens to them. The viewpoint of the world. Now that's, that's an unusual phrase, isn't it? Because let's admit that the world is a big place and there are lots and lots of people in it. And the world doesn't speak with one voice. There are lots of different voices and lots of different viewpoints. And so you have to kind of get into a bigger place to understand what these broad-stroked deceptive lies are, what the categories of these lies are. And then you can understand the viewpoint of the world. So think about some of those lies to which humanity has been prone throughout its history. Deceits about, about God himself. Deceits that say things like, there is no God or if there is a God, he's angry with you, and so you should try to hide from him. Those are deceptive lies. Deceptive lies that say, you know what, if there is no God, then something needs to occupy the space of that idol. And so what's most important is me. Or you would say, you. And so you hear the deceptive lies that say, you're the most important thing. You're the most important person, so serve yourself Figure out what's best for you. Do what's best and do what's right and do what's pleasing to you. Deceptive lies. Deceptive lies to which humanity has always been prone. In fact, just think back to the garden and the lies that the devil told there. God's trying to keep something from you, but that fruit on that tree, once you eat it, then you'll assume your rightful position. 
deceitful lies, which humanity has always been prone. Lies about what we do and what we don't do, right? Lies that, that say, you really didn't do anything bad. There's no such thing as sin, because everybody does these things. Don't worry too much about them. Or, or even worse, the one that says, if the sin is bad, if you do do something that everyone identifies that breaks societal norms, something that's really bad, well, then there's no coming back. There's no coming back from where you've been. Deceitful, broad-based lies. Deceitfulness to which humanity has always been prone. Deceitfulness that can even trick us unless we were on our guard. And what John tells us is that the world listens to these lies. So how do we discern them? How do we discern whether these spirits are speaking truth or speaking lies? There's one way that John tells us, and, he, and he's very clear. He says, you can know this because a lying spirit, a deceptive spirit, a false prophet, one who has the spirit of the Antichrist, will never, will never point you to the work of Jesus Christ. A lying and deceptive spirit will never point you to the work of Jesus Christ unless it's for personal gain. When we start to apply that measure, we start to see what these deceptive false prophets are trying to do, trying to lead us astray, trying to get us to question Jesus and to question what he has done for us, to lead us down a different path so we focus on ourselves instead of on what God wants with us. But Jesus tells us the origin of these lies. The words of Jesus himself recorded not in the letter that John writes this time, but in the Gospel of John, John chapter 8, where Jesus is calling out false prophets, and he says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. When we see these lies, these things that are leading us astray from Jesus, these things that are spoken from the viewpoint of the world, the, the Gospels tell us, Jesus himself tells us, to call out their origin, to say, this is from the devil, and then to do that next thing. And, and this is maybe the most important tip that I'm going to give you this morning. Don't dwell on the lies. Don't fixate on the lies. Don't give the lies undue attention don't spend time focused on those. Instead, be those who seek the truth. Those who seek the truth in all circumstances, spiritual truth about what God wants for you and what God has done for you. And as you seek the truth in this way, you begin to understand and encounter the work of God the Holy Spirit. Because the work of God the Holy Spirit is to be that spirit of truth in the world. And the Holy Spirit will always guide us in truth. And the Holy Spirit's work is always recognizable. Now for some of you, as soon as I said that the work of the Holy Spirit is always recognizable, you started to argue with me in your head. And I know this because in my pastoral ministry, the number one question that I'm asked about God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the number one question that I'm asked is why is the Holy Spirit so evasive? Why is he so elusive? Why can't I ever figure out what he's doing and what he's calling me to? And my answer is always the same. It's the same as the answer that John gives here. It's the scriptural answer, which is that the work of the Holy Spirit is always discernible if you look for one thing. The Holy Spirit will always, always point you to Jesus. 
Because that's his work. That's what he does. Now, don't misunderstand me. It doesn't mean that this word is necessarily going to be easy or gentle. Because this word will come to you in the midst of the lies, and it will call the lies out in your life. As God the Holy Spirit does his work on you, it means that he will speak into your heart, and sometimes it will cut your heart. Because you'll hear words that say you've believed lies that there is no God. And you've placed yourself in a position where you don't belong as Lord of your life. You'll hear words spoken by God the Holy Spirit that says to you, you have done things that are vile and awful. You have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And you've created a chasm in your relationship with your Heavenly Father. And though everyone does it, it still matters. But the Holy Spirit will never leave you in that place. Will never leave you in that place where you feel despondent because of your sin. The Holy Spirit will always point you to the work of Jesus Christ and say to you, dear sinner, the truth of Jesus Christ is for you. And that chasm that's been created in the relationship between you and your Heavenly Father by your sin it's been bridged by the cross of Jesus. Your sin hasn't become you. Instead, God has forgiven you. You are a beloved child of God. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He always points us to Jesus. And as he points us to Jesus, we find that truth that we've been looking for, that truth of Jesus that we've been searching for, that spiritual truth which guides us in every aspect of life because the truth of Jesus informs everything that we do. The truth of Jesus is the foundation for everything that we are. And so you can ask yourself those simple questions when you determine whether you're living by the truth or by lies. Ask yourself, am I, am I living with the acknowledgement that I'm a loved child of God? Am I allowing myself to be forgiven? Or am I clinging to lies of the world? Am I allowing God to have his rightful place in my life? Am I transforming and conforming my life to him? And that transformation's hard, but it's real. It impacts us every day in the ways that we relate one to another and the things that we do. And we start to think about the other sermons in this series. Remember some of them? You can ask yourself if you're living by the truth by saying, am I living in love? and not in hate? Am I dwelling in light and not in darkness? Am I seeking to live the truth of Jesus Christ in everything that I do? It's a wonderful gift that God gives us to be reminded of this truth of Jesus Christ and to allow this truth of Jesus Christ to transform all that we do. But there's one more part of this, and it's maybe the only, the only twist in this reading from 1 John. It's that it doesn't stop here with the work of the Holy Spirit. It's the way that the Holy Spirit works that's somewhat surprising, right? I'm not sending you home today to go and sit in your bedroom and listen for the audible voice of God. Instead, what the scriptures tell us is that God always works through means, right? We, we know this to be true. We're going to celebrate it in just a little while as we receive forgiveness of sins given to us through a bit of bread and a sip of wine in which the body and blood of Jesus Christ are present. But we know this to be true because we believe it about baptism, where God uses ordinary water 
and the word of God to call us his children. And so too with the way that God speaks to us. That he calls us into community. For those who are around us to speak the truth of Jesus Christ to each one of us. And what we start to learn is that the voice of God sounds an awful lot like your believing spouse or your children or your parents or your coworker or your neighbor or the person that you came to worship with. That these are the people that God has given to us to speak the word of truth. In fact, that's what John writes in this word when he concludes this section by saying, we are from God and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognize the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. That God invites us into community with one another. For those moments especially when we're most prone to lies. That we have others around us who can speak truth to us. In those moments when we're weak, in those moments when we're searching, to have other people around us to remind us of the truth of Jesus Christ, to remind us and to point always to Jesus and what he has done. What a wonderful comfort that is for us. A comfort of knowing that when we are weak, God gives us others to be strong. When we are susceptible, he gives us others to guide and to lead us and to know that this is the work of God, the Holy Spirit. Brothers and sisters, this is the work that God gives to you to be a blessing to those around you. To be ones who point to Jesus in all that we do. To be ones who radiate what God has done for us, that our foundation is the foundation of truth. No one wants to be gullible. And so praise be to God in Jesus Christ. He gives us the truth. And this truth of Jesus Christ, this is the truth that we've been searching for. For his glory. Amen.